0: Um, today I'll be reading from John 4, John 1, chapter 1, sorry, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, and also verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And then verse 14 the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth well good evening we always used to say at my uh, church is it's welcome to the loveliest night of the year uh, christmas eve and obviously, this is fun because it's our first time. I think this is the first time we've met here at night, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's a little different in here. But um, uh, as we look at Christmas, I think of all the things that happened, and I don't know why this came up. I started thinking about my grandparents, and um, and it caused me to remember this story. In the beginning of every year, when I was a kid, there was a um, there was a show at the Cow Palace. The, it was called the, uh, the Sport and Boat Show. And I remember when I was probably five years old, my family went to the Sport and Boat Show. And just as we were entering into it, looking at all the exhibits, we went by this boat. It was the Wrigley Spearmint Gum Boat. Let me, can you bring up a, a picture? It was like a... It, so you have to understand something. My, grandpa- my grandmother... My German grandmother, that we lived in the same town, always kept Wrigley gum with her. So much so that as a small child, when they said, are we going to grandmother's house? I would say the grandma with the gum. But I said it in such a way that it became the grandma with the dumb. And then she became the dumb grandma. Um, That's what she would say and still laughed into her 90s about that. She always had it with her. So when we were walking through, and and just so you know, Christmas is great for me because I'm the youngest child, and uh, we are the chosen ones from God. But we're the youngest child, so I'm tailing away, and we go by this boat, and I am fascinated, because in my five-year-old brain, all I'm thinking of is just these big pieces of gum within this, and I literally I remember this. I circle the boat. My family keeps walking. I have, I don't care. There is gum right there. This is like a Christmas I I block everything out. There's the candy. And after I think about a time and a half around, I turn back with excitement to talk to my parents. And they're nowhere to be seen. And all of a sudden, I have that overwhelming feeling that I have no idea where they're at, and I am cut off from them for the rest of my life. And I just start crying in the middle of the pavilion. And, of course, security guards come over. They take me to literally lost and found, and I'm sitting in this office crying until my family comes back. Have you ever had that feeling of being lost, where all of a sudden you go from great joy (laughs) to being completely overwhelmed? Um, back before we had GPS on us at all times, some of us older people, I would say, we used to have to deal with maps. And I don't know how many times you'd be reading the map, you'd be looking at the signs, reading the map, looking at, wait, where's this on the map, right? I mean, it kept you sharp because you really had, but but there was a principle that once in a while I remember dropping a friend off going someplace and you would all of a sudden get lost. Wait a minute. Where's that street? And then something would happen. You actually start thinking from a different place in your brain, right? In fact, if you're driving and doing this, you actually speed up because you're, you're, as, as you go faster, you're trying to find something that looks familiar and that would connect the dots. So you go faster and you get lost more. And this is why if you've ever heard of people that if you're hiking or you're someplace, the rule of thumb is what? As soon as you realize you're lost, you stay where you're at, right? That's, that's why one of the rules, because it is our nature when we're lost to actually speed up and get lost faster. And, um, and you don't even need the, you don't even need a, you know, a, a shiny object i've had this also happen in a number of other times i had this happen one time with a friend we were skiing and it got really bad and we were kind of on the back side of the ski resort when we looked up we're in deep snow and i literally think hey or where are we are we at a bounds right now and all of a sudden that overwhelming feeling of wait a minute i don't want to be a story <laughs> I'm like I do not want to be a story because we are in the middle of nowhere it's snowing a lot, and we, no one's going to know where we're at. Life sometimes can overwhelm us with this feeling. physical being physically lost is something that rarely happens in our in our daily lives now, but have you ever had that happen? When you get news, and all of a sudden it sends an area of your life into uh, yeah. into chaos, you feel a loved one has been sick or maybe had an accident maybe it's um something happens at work um there's a layoff there's a um if you own if you own your own business, something catastrophic happens. Um, maybe it's just uh, something deep inside of us. Ever experienced loneliness or had that season in your life where you're so lonely, you feel like this area of my life is is lost? And the fact is is that this is part, this is very much part of the the human experience. In in the last few years, I I was thinking about this because I thought, you know, the last few years, it's almost like our whole society has gone through this. If you kind of backed up, you know, you know, thirty thousand feet and looked as our society, there's parts of us that have been lost. As people argue back and forth, to what is the guiding narrative going to be? This is good. This is good. We should do that. No, we should do the opposite. Right? We've we've felt this. We we felt this play out in front of us, where we say, where you know. What is it, this, that, that kind of overwhelming feeling when all of a sudden that even the, the narratives that we've lived by are questioned, challenged, and everything goes up for grabs? And we've seen people, again, maybe you, you like us have struggled with anger, have struggled with depression, have struggled with just not knowing where we go. So, uh, and this happens to the best of us. Even, uh, in the, even in Scripture, we have Solomon, who is the wealthiest and smartest man, Scripture described, who had ever at that time lived on the face of the earth. And by the end of his life, he says, all is meaningless. I've done everything. None of it, none of it pays off. Some of our great philosophers, some of the smartest people, when they've taken God out of the equation, have come to this place where they say, life is chaos, it's nihilism. It doesn't matter. Ever feel lost in an area of your life? So life without God, this is where it goes. And, I, and so I, I'm saying this. Isn't this a great start to a Christmas Sorry, I just wanted to paint this picture for you all. And no, I say this because this is the good news of the Christmas story is that is that as as John 1 um, was read, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You are to give him the name Emmanuel, God with us. God enters in at Christmas. The story of Christmas is God entering in to our world to be with us because he knows left on our own, this is what happens. There is a lostness that just so easily comes. It's almost like the gravitational pull of the Death Star, right? It's like, okay, it's grabbed us. It's just this gravity that pulls us and just different. And sometimes it comes to the surface in our lives and we can feel that. So when we look at the Christmas stories we celebrate tonight, we look at the story of Jesus being born of a virgin. This should not be in the story. When we think about the Christmas story that God would come and enter into the world, people go, yes, that's a nice fable or fairy tale. No, we actually, as believers, we say, this is, this is true. Why would you highlight the virgin birth? This makes no sense unless it's true. If you were writing a story, and you were writing a story to have it be something that would convince the world that Jesus was God we would probably more write it like a Hollywood movie, right? It would be a story that Jesus would come in as a hero with power, right? It would have that voiceover, right, in a world, right? You know, where there is injustice, you know? Jesus comes in, it's like, I'm here to do my father's business. You're like, yeah, you know? You know set- Instead... Jesus is born of a virgin, and in no place, hardly in any societies, especially back then, was this looked on as a redeeming quality. At no place. So why, so there's so many things in the story, but just as we talk about Jesus' birth, his parents, his origin story is beautiful because it's the opposite thing that should have been written. Why would you, you know, so if you've heard the fact that you go, well, Christmas is great. It's just, they go, no, why would this be here? Because when we look at the person of Jesus, his birth has to be different, even though it goes against every cultural norm. In our series, we've been talking at Christmas about the story. We say the first one we talked about how uh, Jesus... Is we've talked about Jesus as Savior last week. Calvin uh, talked, uh, talked about that. We talked about how Jesus came as King, and Jesus came as Messiah. And to sum it up, this, uh, tonight, I just wanted to say a few things about Jesus being Lord. See, life among us, if Jesus comes, and the story of his birth is really true, this makes the most sense. Life makes sense if Jesus comes In this miraculous way on Christmas as we celebrate that he really is God come to earth. One thing I would say tonight is this. When we say Jesus is Lord, it conveys his authority and his sovereignty. It's not just a it's it's not just a good story. It is a good story, but it's not just a good story. We know that if Jesus is really Lord, then he has authority and he has sovereignty. And this is such good news. Isaiah chapter 9 says it this way. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He comes with authority if we live with loneliness if we live with heartbreak if our human condition is one that leads us to this to the uh, uh, that pulls us in a gravity towards sometimes our worst instincts the good news is that jesus comes with authority and sovereignty and let me just sum it up really simply in two ways first he has we show in Jesus' life that he has authority over over the physical world, over physical. He, he heals the sick. Um, he um, he has authority over nature. He he calms the storms. He has a he has authority over all all of life. He we, we, over matter. That he, in his in his relationship with the Father, this Jesus who comes as Lord, um, is able to feed—we uh, we watch him feed the 5,000. He has physical authority over the world. And if he's really Lord, he needs that authority. Not only that, as he has authority um, and sovereignty over the spiritual world. We see this in his teaching. We see this when he goes to the temple— and we see it ultimately that he forgives people of sin, and everybody goes, "What are you talking about?" And ultimately, he has authority uh, over death. And so, so the question there, so the, the the question there is: If Jesus is Lord, can we really trust him? Is it just a story about God, or is it an authoritative story that we need? in every part of our life. How we see Jesus and how the story begins is everything. Because if he's he's really Lord, then we can trust him with every part of our life. But he has to have that authority. He has to have the ability to be able, as God, to do those things. Now, when we come to thinking about God, God's a term that is often used very easily and now interchangeably. Uh, you know, when you, if you think about, for instance, you know, um, the Greek gods, they were all gods and people with, you know, these ideas of, of, of beings with great power. But th- they were really terrible. I mean, they were almost worse than the humans. Could you trust them? You'd be like, no, you just tried to stay out of their way. When you think about the things that we create to say... To save us, when we look at a God, if if the story of Jesus is just mankind making it up, um, usually again it comes out as a very different story. But how Jesus and how how Jesus is described and how God is described in Scripture is very different. He's bigger than you can imagine. Think about that. As big as you can imagine, who God is, He's bigger. Well, I can imagine him pretty big. You can't imagine. Our brains are infinite. And this is the most, this is such good news. Eternity makes sense. If there's a God that's so big that you can't imagine, you never stop discovering him. And yet he's so caring that he would come down. That Jesus is really um, so big that he overflows time and space. That he's omnipotent that Jesus looked at his followers and said, "Do you not know that every hair on your head is numbered?" He's big enough to handle every part of our lives, both physical, spiritual. Now, if you imagine God smaller, then yes, we're suspect. But the God, but this, this Jesus that's described, who comes in this manger, is bigger than we can imagine. He's also more beautiful than you could imagine. If God is really God, he's, mo- he's so beautiful that if we were to be able to look at him, we would never want to look away. He's bigger, more beautiful, more fascinating than we could ever understand. This God enters into our world, bigger than an endless universe. So this baby born to Mary and Joseph at Christmas claims to be the savior claims to be the Messiah claims to be the King and the Lord. And when we look back at history, he is absolutely the the most influential person who's ever walked the face of the earth. And he never ruled a nation. He never commanded an army. He didn't invent a really cool technology or anything. He made this claim that he was Lord. So he's the only one who's capable of really giving our lives to. If he has sovereignty and authority, we can trust him with every area of our life. If he is, he's the only one that is wonderful enough, if he's really God to hold us, to direct us, He's the only one that you can actually say, God, what do you want to do with this area of my life? Somebody holds a future you can trust with. Not just an idea of God, but actually actually the, the living God. And so that's why we say joy to the world that the Lord has come. The Lord has come and you don't have to worry. This baby born in a manger... It's not just it's not just a acute narrative, right, that we tell children. He's the God of the universe at Christmas that broke in to the very thing we need. Authority and sovereignty that we could give him our whole lives. And he's the only one big enough to make sense of them. We've seen what happens on this earth when people and governments try to bring order. It's not pretty. It starts off with great motivations. And even today, we have countries that literally have surveillance over everybody in their country, trying to control things. And instead, Jesus comes and says something very different. He's powerful enough, big enough, wonderful enough, loving enough, but only if he's really God, who he claimed to be. So joy to the world, you have a place to put your hopes and dreams and joy to the world because you can give all of yourself to God because at Christmas, Jesus came and gave all of himself to you and to me. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you do have authority to actually make a difference within our lives. We love the fact that this story is so different and we celebrate it every year. But Father, we celebrate it because you came after us while we were still far away from you. You came after us. And this Christmas, Father, we ask that um, you would break through the every place in our life and invite us to give you more and more of who we are because you're the only one That can really hold us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen.